Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, Jayhawk fans. Whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast, this is the Jayhawker Talker Podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Before we get rolling with today's episode, don't forget to download, subscribe, give it a five-star rating. My name is Mark Van Sickle. Let's get rolling with today's episode. They did it. The Kansas freaking Jayhawks have done it. They defeated a top 10 team for the first time at home since 1984. And yes, it was Oklahoma that they beat in 1984. It was Oklahoma who they beat on Saturday. 38-33, your Kansas Jayhawks with a huge win at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. And the Booth was sold out and there was a rain delay. We'll get into all this. But a rain delay, a lightning delay caused... Uh, Some fans to leave early. I was a little disappointed to see that, but you guys were out there early. You guys were rocking with the big noon kickoff that was out there. Big Fox had big noon kickoff there Saturday morning featuring all of Lawrence, Kansas, featuring the football team, featuring everything going on there on Saturday. So here it is, Kansas, with a 38-33 win over Oklahoma. Again, like I said, The last time they beat a top 10 team at home was 1984. That was when Troy Aikman, yeah, that Troy Aikman, he was the quarterback at Oklahoma that year in 1984. So it had been a long time, almost 40 years, since the Kansas Jayhawks beat a top 10 team at home. And the last time that they were unranked and beat a top 10 team 1995 against Colorado. That was the last time they beat a top 10 team on the road. So here we are in 2023. Your Kansas Jayhawks move to five, six and two on the season. And that's significant. Obviously, we know this because now they're bowl eligible for back to back seasons. So we've got back-to-back bowl eligibility seasons for the first time in nearly 100 years now. That's always fun to talk about. But when you look at this game, this past game, I want to get into it a little bit because it was one of those games. You're playing the number six team in the nation. You get the ball first. You don't move the ball very well. You give it to Oklahoma. Well, then what happens? What happens? You get the turnover that we were talking about last week. You had to get the turnover early in the game to set the tone to give yourself a chance to win. And that's exactly what happened. Mello Dotson with nine minutes and 30 seconds left in the first quarter gets the interception and gets this crowd going. This was before the weather delay. There had not been a weather delay. The booth was packed at this point, and it was Mello Dotson with the interception at the 40-yard line runs it back 40 yards for the pick six. KU's defense wasn't messing around early. They had the pick six. They had some really big hits on not only the running back, the quarterback, wide receiver. There was there was hits all over at every level. And you had Daniel Hyshaw making plays on offense. You had guys moving around. KU had another fourth down stop. After the pick six. So you have KU running it wild on both sides of the ball. They were playing really well. And then halfway through the second quarter, 
lightning delay. Hits the booth. KU winning 14-7 halfway through the second quarter when the lightning delay hits. Then things start unraveling a little bit. The lightning delay definitely helped Oklahoma in this instance. KU had all the momentum, up 14-7, had the booth uh, rocking, had had the booth rocking and rolling there in Lawrence. Game was back on. Oklahoma gets a touchdown right after the delay was over. Two plays, quick score, 14-14. And then on the ensuing kickoff, KU fumbles the ball. Then again, quick score from Oklahoma, 21-14. Looked like the Sooners had regrouped during the weather delay. They had all the momentum going into halftime. KU did add a field goal, so it was 21-17 at the half. But you could feel that the momentum, the air had been sucked out of the room a little bit, and it just wasn't quite what we were hoping to going into halftime. Then you come out of halftime, get another field goal, 21-20, all right. All right, we'll get back into it here. We'll get back to it. The defense is playing well. You you can feel that maybe maybe KU made some adjustments at halftime on the defensive side of the ball after a rough second quarter, after a rough uh, situation after the weather delay. KU forces a fumble after they get the three points. It's 21-20. They force a fumble at midfield. Very next play... Your quarterback, Jason Bean, who everybody's been hating on, myself included, runs it 40 yards for a touchdown. One of the fastest guys on this team, Jason Bean. You can go to my uh, Twitter feed, by the way, at Talker. You can see what KU football was doing last weekend on there. But I retweeted, KU football had a tweet, an X post, said, baked by Bean. And it was Jason Bean with the fake handoff. The run around the end, all the way into the end zone. Nobody's catching him. This guy, I'm watching it again on the replay, on the highlight. Incredibly fast by Jason Bean. And we haven't even talked about that yet. Jalen Daniels was back on the sidelines, suited up, but not playing. So I don't know what's going on with Jalen Daniels. Hopefully his back's better, but we've seen now that Jason Bean can handle the pressure. Then you got Oklahoma coming back. They went back and forth, scoring, 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 back and forth. Both teams scoring, scoring. Every time that they scored a touchdown in the second half, the team would go for a two-point conversion. Both teams, Oklahoma, KU, it didn't matter. They were both going for two, trying to make it a seven-point game. Neither team scored a two-point conversion at all in the second half. I think they were 0 for 6 on two-point conversions. So neither team could pick up a good two-point conversion play, I guess. But you've got both these teams uh, fighting it out into the fourth quarter. Uh, Jason Bean with another untimely interception. It's happened time and time again. OU took a 33-32 lead with four minutes left in the game. And at this point, if you're a Kansas fan, you were feeling very sad. You knew that that interception was coming. You've just felt it. You didn't want it to happen, but you could feel it. 
You've seen it happen in so many games when Jason Bean was the starter. There's just an untimely turnover, a fumble, an interception, something. And there it is. OU interception leads to a touchdown with four minutes left in the game. KU gets the ball back. Jason Bean throws another interception at midfield. And you're thinking, all right, here it is. Game on the line. That's it. Less than four minutes in the game. Uh, KU's going to lose. It's going to be over. Well, the defense does not give up. KU gets a fourth down stop, gets the ball back. And what happens? KU drives all the way freaking down the field and scores a freaking touchdown with 55 seconds left. Everybody was going crazy at the booth. Everybody that was left. I know some of you guys left early, weather delay and whatnot, but I'm I'm sitting in my house watching this game thinking, how did this happen? Jason Bean throws two fourth-quarter interceptions. One of them gets uh, – Oklahoma gets a touchdown and takes the lead on. The other one, you're thinking, all right, they're just going to milk the clock to end the game. KU defense steps up. They get the ball back. They drive down and score a touchdown with 55 seconds left. And it looked like they let him score on that last play. Devin Neal gets into the end zone. The kid from Lawrence, the hometown kid, gets into the end zone to give the Jayhawks a 38-33 lead. Oklahoma has one more chance. Driving down the field. They get into the red zone or close to the red zone. I can't recall off the top of my head. But they're right there around the 20-yard line. And they're running out of time. They don't have any timeouts left. They used them all. And they had two plays to get into the end zone. First one incomplete. Second one thrown to the back of the end zone with no time left. KU intercepts it. It's caught out of bounds. So technically not an interception. But it was the last play of the game. Game over. KU wins it 38-33 in the biggest win in the Lance Leipold era. Especially. But the biggest win in KU program history in the last 30 years. And that's not an exaggeration. Huge win for the program. They already showed how they can progress in the Lance Leipold era. Two wins in his first year. Six wins in bowl eligible last year. And now before Halloween, 6-2. and two, Beating the number six team in the nation. And now with a chance... To go on a run the last month of the season. And if you remember, before the season, I said that KU had a chance to win 10 games this year. If you go over to Heartland College Sports and the Facebook page, uh, you can see some of the comments from my article back in August. If you scroll down far enough on Facebook, you can see people in the comments. There's There was 60 comments on that thing, on that article. People were hating. People were There was haters out there. Nobody thought that KU was ha- going to have a chance to win 10 games this year. Nobody thought KU was going to have a chance in the Big 12. Everybody said six wins is their peak. Some people said four wins was their peak. I was looking back at the comments over the weekend. You know what? Screw them. KU's back. KU football is back. Back-to-back bowl wins. And you could see it. You could see it coming. You could see it coming after last year. No more moral victories. 
They had to get one of these big wins, and they got it. Now, they've got a chance to do something that a KU team hasn't done in a long time, and that is finish the season with a winning record, go into another bowl game, back-to-back seasons, hasn't been done in nearly 100 years. And, of course, after the win... The goalpost got taken to Potter Lake. So you can all you can see all that over there at my Twitter at Jayhawkertalker. Check out all the footage from the post game. Have the articles up there at HeartlandCollegeSports.com as well. And now you've got a Kansas team that's traveling on the road to Ames, Iowa this Saturday, November 4th, 6 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a game. I KU now ranked number twenty two. By the way, uh, this is this is a fascinating, fascinating time right now. KU technically sixth in the Big Twelve standings, behind Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa, Texas, and Kansas State. So Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Texas, and Kansas State all four and one in the Big Twelve. KU just behind them at 3-2 and two on the season. So this game, this Saturday in Ames, Iowa, this has the potential to have a lot of significance. Going to this season, not many people thought that that would be the case. But if KU gets a win over Iowa State on Saturday, moved 4-2 and two on the season in conference, K-State and Texas are going to be playing this weekend. That will give another loss to one of those teams. And then you've got Oklahoma State and Oklahoma playing each other this weekend. One of those teams is going to lose. So you have the chance, if you're Kansas, to get a win this weekend and move up in the standings. And it's going to be a fun close to the season. It really is. You've got Kansas and their their last month of the season. You've got I, at Iowa State. You've got Texas Tech and Kansas State at home before going on the road to Cincinnati. Right now, KU is 5-0 at home on the season. I'm chalking up a win at Iowa State this weekend. I'm chalking up a win against Texas Tech at home on November 11th. The final game of the season at home. Senior day at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium, November 18th. Kansas State at Kansas could be for a Big 12, potentially could be for a Big 12 championship bid. Winner of that game could be going to the Big 12 championship. Of course, Kansas would have to win the next week at Cincinnati. Uh, They've never, uh, Cincinnati's a new team in the Big 12, so they've never played them in conference. But this is going to be, uh, a fun final month of the season for Kansas football. And it all starts this Saturday, 6 o'clock, Saturday, November 4th, in I- Ames, Iowa. It's going to be a fun game. I can't wait. A lot of Iowa State fans saying they're going to win. Iowa State actually favored right now, even though Kansas uh, 6-2 and two on the season, coming off a big win against Oklahoma. It's a road game, so... I think people are taking that into consideration. Kansas a two-point underdog right now going into this game. But it's it's a good time to be a Kansas fan, football fan specifically, but also a basketball fan because, you know, let's transition into basketball. Might as well. 
Kansas, great job in football right now. Six and two on the season. Uh, coming up a big final month of the season. Could potentially get to nine to ten wins, depending on what happens down the stretch. Big game this Saturday at Iowa State. But let's get into the basketball because basketball right now, KU number one in the nation. AP poll number one. Talked about it last week on the podcast. But they had that scrimmage uh, this weekend against Illinois, who's ranked number 25 in the nation. An exhibition opener. KU fell on the road 82-75. It was, uh, I, I didn't get to see much of that game. Uh, I tried to watch the end of it, but by then, uh, the game was kind of wrapped up at that point. But KU, Illinois doing a fundraiser for Maui Strong, uh, the fires that happened in Hawaii earlier this year. Uh, So, Kansas loses 82-75. Kevin McCullough Jr. leads the way with 25 points, which I think is, uh, is huge for Kansas because last year, McCuller wasn't really the scorer on the team. He could do it, but he was typically a guy that was getting rebounds, going after loose balls, playing great defense, not really the big scorer on the team. If McCuller can add scoring to his resume, that's not only going to help him this year in at Kansas, helping Kansas get back to a Final Four, potentially winning another Big 12 title, but it's going to help him with his draft stock, which is why he came back. He didn't have to come back. He's a sixth-year senior. Kevin McCuller Jr. comes back and looks like he could be uh, one of the top scorers on this team. So 25 points for Kevin McCuller Jr. Hunter Dickinson added 22 points and nine rebounds. K.J. Adams Jr. got 14 points. And it was just one of those games. It's an exhibition. You don't want to go too deep into an exhibition game. But you see what Kansas was doing. And Bill Self, after the game, of course, in typical Bill Self fashion, not pleased with how his guys played, especially on the defensive end of the court. When you uh, look at what Kansas gave up, 82 points, Bill Self said, we didn't guard. If you give up 82 points on the road, you're going to get beat. We don't guard. We didn't rebound. We've got to get a lot better at that. I'll be honest with you, other than those three guys returning, K.J. Adams, DeWan Harris Jr., Kevin McCullough Jr., I'm not sure anybody else on our team understands how we've won games away from home, and that's with defense. So Bill Self calling out his young players, his transfer players, letting guys know, if we're going to win games on the road, we need to play defense. And that's maybe something that Nick Timberlake hasn't done before. Uh, He's a super senior transfer Hunter Dickinson certainly wasn't a defensive guru at Michigan. Always good on the offensive side. But Bill Self calling these guys out. Letting them know they need to play defense. Another quote from Bill Self after the game. I'd rather run crap offense than not let other people get easy baskets. Certainly, like they got eight layups in the first half. They made seven threes. What? Do you want to take away threes? You want to take away layups? Come on, guys. They got eight assists, which tells me they were doing all they were doing was driving. We had issues with ball screens. So, self very upset with the defensive effort by the Jayhawks. Um, Really, only losing by seven points, so not terrible. But they only shot three of twelve from three point from the three point range. Twelve of nineteen from the free throw line. 
if they clean that up, they probably win the game, even with the bad defensive performance. So not all is lost here, but Bill Self definitely wants to rip into those guys whenever he can, especially in an exhibition game before the season starts officially. Um, Self also said, we've got to get better. I thought they exposed us, and that's exactly what we wanted to do. I'd rather win than not win, but we played guys a lot of minutes, maybe more than I'd like to, but we needed to. So he's talking about how he probably didn't want to play his starters for that long in that game, but he wanted them to get a taste of what was happening there. And that's that's sometimes what you got to do. You let them you let them sink or swim. And in this first exhibition game, they didn't play well on defense. They sank. Hopefully that proves to help them in the long run as it is a long season, as they have bigger goals than winning an exhibition game in Champaign, Illinois on an October night. They have bigger goals than that. They want to win the Big 12. They want to get back to the Final Four. They want to try to win the national championship. So if they can learn from that in this first exhibition game, that's really all you can ask for at this point uh, from the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team as they are trying to get ready for the regular season. And that's that's all that they wanted to do with that exhibition. And it seemed like that's that's really what Bill Self wanted as well. And some people were asking about Hunter Dickinson. I saw some people uh, saying he had a bad game. When 22 points and 9 rebounds is your bad game, that's a pretty darn good floor. Now, maybe the ceiling could be not as high as others, but 22 points and 9 rebounds in a bad game... Of course, he can get better at defense. He can get better at shooting from three. He can get better at the free throw line. But Hunter Dickinson, 22 points and nine rebounds. If that's going to be one of his bad games, you've got something good there in Hunter Dickinson. Now, the KU basketball season is officially going to start coming up here um, against North Carolina Central. That's on Monday, November 6th. So we still got a little bit of time before that's, that one kicks off. But they do have another exhibition against uh, Fort Hayes State. That Fort Hayes State game is coming up uh, this weekend, I believe. Let me double check on this. I'm going to live look it for you guys here on the podcast. Uh, Fort Hayes State coming to KU. Uh, this I believe it's this weekend. Let me see here. We've got, yes, this weekend coming up, Fort Hayes State, November 1st. So that's not even this weekend. That's on Thursday night. Thursday night, Wednesday night exhibition, excuse me. So that's going up really fast, really fast. I thought that that game was this weekend, but we've got the exhibition in Allen Fieldhouse, Lawrence, Kansas, Wednesday, November 1st, 7 o'clock. Still tickets available if you want to go to that game. Uh, If if you don't want to pay for the high prices of what some of these big 12 games are going to cost and you just want to get out there, support the Jayhawks, see this team in action, this will be a great game to get to as the Jayhawks take on Fort Hayes State in Lawrence, 7 o'clock Wednesday night, November 1st. If you listen to this after November 1st, because this is a podcast, you might be not be listening to this before this game is played. Well, North Carolina Central. Monday night, November 6th, 7 p.m. on the Big 12 Network and ESPN+. Plus. That's a home game as well. You can try to get tickets for that if you want to see 
these Jayhawks in person for their home regular season debut. It's going to be a fun season. I can feel it. We'll talk about uh, the Fort Hayes State exhibition. Maybe if there's anything to warrant discussing on that in the podcast ne- next week, we'll definitely be talking about the game against North Carolina Central as that will be the tip-off to the season for KU basketball. And, of course, we're going to talk about Iowa State-Kansas and how that game all played out. We're going to get it to you next week here on the Jayhawker Talker podcast. You can always get at me on Twitter. Let me know what's going on. We'll keep the conversation going there. At Jayhawker Talker over there on Twitter, on X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, You can always download, subscribe, give this podcast a five-star rating. My name is Mark Van Sickle. You've been listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast here in affiliation with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Check out my latest article over there at heartlandcollegesports.com. And until next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.